This podcast is brought to you by Hot Sauce, the perfect condiment for transporting your taste buds to the heart of a volcano. Plus, you never know when you'll be famous enough to appear in an episode of Hot Ones. Don't settle for bland food and try your local hot sauce today. Hello and welcome to the C24 Podcast, a compilation of stories, songs, and well wishes as we celebrate Carter Dats turning 24. I'm your host, Josephine Lampy. This podcast is comprised of submissions by Carter's friends who, like me, are better off by knowing him. So let's not waste any more time and begin the first installment of C24. Carter Dats, my goodness. First of all, happy birthday. Uh, this is Rachel Zebarth, by the way. Um, secondly, holy crap, dude. Clearly, your taste in wife material is top-notch because as soon as JoJo sent out this group me about making a podcast for you, everybody was just freaking out about how brilliant of an idea this was. Um, but thirdly, I just want to say thank you. Um... Of all the friends that I made my last year at Truman, you were definitely one of the more unexpected ones in the best way possible. Like, I knew you, obviously, but I never, I never could have predicted, um, how welcoming you would be. I'm thinking, first of all, of Worship Workshop. Um, (laughs) this past year, like, after graduating, I... I've missed it so much. I didn't realize how much of a place of refuge it had become for me. And I'm thinking even of of the ridiculous night where we did the Songs of Lament and how those have been such a source of comfort to me this past semester. Um, and even with dealing with depression and anxiety and recognizing that God wants us to still worship him through those emotions and how do we even do that and yet you were able to bring it up in worship workshop even though even though there was the you know complete lack of transition into an african tribal song to learn let's just say that wasn't one of your best moments but that's okay um yeah so worship workshop just missing it so much and even this past semester, I've been really angry at God about, like, why did you take that away from me? Like, that was so good for me. And one of the biggest sources of comfort I've had through that anger has been realizing that worship workshop and really just worship at CCF in general was such a taste of heaven. Like, that community and that fellowship is what we're going to have in heaven again. And and you're a big part of the reason why I was able to recognize that. But, um, and so thank you. Thank you for, for using your gifts of music and your, your desire to love others through CCF, um, through the church that you've been working at this semester. And I know I have no no doubt in my mind that you're going to be able to like to spread that hope to the students that you teach in the future. Um, and I got to go on. I got to tell you again another thank you. Um, oh my gosh, spring break. 
Team Mountain Goat, we were the best. Just saying. Like, every, every small group says that they're the best, but we really were the best. And I... I wanted to thank you for being so, for be, being willing to be vulnerable with me about how you've also struggled with depression. Um, it's just something that people don't talk about and they need to talk about it more. And it was so encouraging for me to have somebody that I could talk to medication, talk about medication with, um, somebody who really understood what that struggle is like and didn't and wasn't just sympathetic like somebody who got it um and sure and even in the sense carter where i can get all the sympathy i want from other girls but it's so rare to find another guy who's willing to talk about it and the fact that you are dealing with it and facing with facing it and that has meant a lot to me and so I just, wow, I really wanted to thank you for that. Um, but also, there's a song that you need to listen to. Um, it's called Even When He Is Silent. I found it two days ago, which is, the timing of all this is perfect. Um, and the lyrics are very simple, but they were written by a World War II concentration camp prisoner, and... The lyrics were found after World War II on the wall of the concentration camp. And it just says, I believe in the sun even when it's not shining. I believe in love even when I feel it not. I believe in God even when he is silent. And so I really, dude, you need to listen to this song. Um, I found a version of it by the St. Olaf Choir if you want to find that particular version. Um especially because we're going to continue to have those hard days um, with mental health. And yet we've had that taste of heaven. Like we, we've been able to see glimpses of holiness in music and in worship. And we will have that again someday. And we can just, we can cling to that hope on the awful days. Even when we can't see God because our brains are so dark and heavy, like there, he is there. And we just have to find that courage to keep going. Yeah. So Carter, happy birthday. You, you don't even know how much of an impact you make on others. And I am really grateful for you. I hope you have a fabulous birthday. I'll see you later, dude. Bye. Hey Carter, this is Amber Colvis. I just wanted to wish you happy birthday a la String Methods. I hope you enjoy.
Happy, Happy birthday, birthday Carter. Carter! So we're doing this video in one take, so whatever we say will be honest and directly from us. Except it's not a video. You're right. It's a recording. But... Anyway. So you're turning 24. Ah, uh, yes. Where you can do nothing else <laughs> than you could at 23. Or 22. What a fantastic year. Except for you, I mean, I guess you're getting married this year, so that's pretty spectacular. Woo! We were looking up puns. We were going to tell you a piano pun. And one was, how are two pianists in a marriage? And it said, it, they're great. They're always in accord. Ah. Ha, ha, ha. So we decided not to do a pun. Hey, mine was good. I want to share mine. How did a piano escape from jail with its 88 keys? <laughs> Alrighty, moving on then. When I thought about what to tell you, I was like, man, I should really do something funny, but I'm not creative. So we're going to go the orthodox route. Of saying how great an individual you are. So, one of the first things that came to my mind was, Mmm, Carter Dats. What a fantabulous man. Um, the first thing that came to my mind was just how amazing you are as a musician and as um, just a student. All the classes that I've been in with you and all the musical things that we've done together just inspire me to be a better musician and to push myself to learn new things. So I really appreciate that about you. Yep. And so with all that, we really do want to say what we truly feel. And that is that you're a ginormous loser. And you suck. So happy 24th birthday, you ginormous sucking loser. We love you. Love, Isaac and Allie. Carter Dat's boy. Happy birthday from London, England. Although on your birthday I won't be there, but that's beside the point. I'm recording it in London. This is Michael Anderson, if you hadn't guessed that. Yeah, just wanted to say that I hope you have a wonderful birthday. I hope that the wedding goes well. I'm really happy for you guys. Um, really sad that I'm going to miss it, but I know it'll be good. And I know in the spring, maybe the two of you, me and Caitlin, we can all have some double dates, some good nights of maybe board games and stuff, maybe some wine. It'll be a good time. Just want to take time to say how thankful I am for your friendship and for your mentorship. It's really been a lot to me, um, the time that you take to help out others, uh, your servant heart, your love for God, your passion for him, and how that comes out in the music that you make is really, really beautiful to see and to hear. I will definitely be praying for you and Jojo as you guys embark on the next new phase of this life that God has for you too. Um, I'm thankful for both of your friendships, but Carter, we should definitely get some lunch and or dinner in Mohall again. Uh, yeah, love you, brother. Have a good one.
A quick pause here to give some background about this next submission. Many are unaware that Carter has several original songs available online. This is a loving tribute to one of them. We are the Hamper is Fine. I know that I can be a jerk But I guess I'll trade you in for a happy memory You've more to make with him Just promise that you'll think of me supported by Codenames. Fill your craving of being both a wordsmith and a secret agent with the board game Codenames. This game now comes in a picture version to once again reveal how creative you can be under pressure. Play with four or more to avoid the assassin and figure out your spy names first. Or play with your fiancé in co-op and lose to the game itself. Codenames will keep you and your family enthralled for a full hour. Yeah. 
Alrighty, folks, we're starting another edition of the Weather Watch. That's right, the classic go-to when you need to watch the weather. Tonight, or today, I guess, our featured guest star is, well, uh, no, no one, actually. Um, usually, usually, my, my co-host, uh, Stephen and I, we have a, a guest, guest star, he, he has, uh, but he's, he's not here right now. No, no, no special guest today. But on this special, special edition of the Weather Watch, we're actually issuing a very, very happy birthday to a Mr. Carter Allen Dass. That's right, Carter. I'm talking to you. Happy birthday, buddy. Um, if you hadn't guessed who this is, uh, well, you know what? I'm going to keep you guessing. Anyway, um, today's forecast is partly cloudy with a chance of a lot of fun and a very high likelihood of many, many birthday wishes. Um, sending some of those right now. But, hey, bud, I just wanted to... Uh, Wish you a happy birthday on your uh, on your birthday podcast, uh, and just kind of remind you of <laughs> some of the fantastic adventures that uh, you and you and I have been on. Um, obviously, this is Sam. I, I feel like I don't need to um, need to say that, but at the same time, I feel like I probably should. So, hey, <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, man, I just wanted to remind you, like you know, you and I have been buds forever um, from like church lock-ins and <laughs> going through confirmation together to uh, pretty much literally having lunch every single day at Hickman. Um, just about. I would say 90% of the lunches that I had at school um, was with you. I mean, if you think about it, we were we were in men's course together. We were not acapella together. Like, our lunches always lined up. It was, <laughs> it was pretty rad. Um, not only that, but, you know, more on choir, you, me, and Mason, we were like the, the tenor trifecta, you know, always hanging out, always playing contact on the... Um, on the choir trips, always coming up with ridiculous musical ideas and staying after class, just kicking around on the piano. Um, I remember you coming over a lot and playing like Mario games or me heading over to your plays and, you know, we would play on PlayStation or just like hang out, you know, whatever. Um, more recently, like a couple of my trips to Kirksville or the past few times that you've come to Columbia and we've seen each other, um, it's definitely a lot less frequent than it used to be, but, you know, we're growing up and becoming adults and doing our own thing, so... You know, it's a little difficult for us to see each other. I totally understand that. Um, and actually, speaking of growing up, uh, congratulations to you, man. Like, you're getting married at the end of this month. That's <laughs> that's pretty freaking wild. But that's way cool. Um, and I'm super happy for you. Um, I know we, you know, didn't really get to talk a whole lot while we were at um, Bangkok Gardens, but, you know, it was brought up, and then I saw the stuff on Facebook and got your, uh, got your invitation, which I already RSVP'd for, I will happily say. Um, I talked with my boss about getting the day off, and she seems kind of apprehensive about it. So, worst comes to worst, I'm just going to show up late, but I will do my absolute best to be there. I would absolutely love to be there. I totally support you. Um, but, yeah, I just want to give you a heads up that she, my boss, is um, not the greatest. Um, but when you come back into Columbia, I'm sure I'll see you before the wedding, and we can talk more about it then. But, yeah, dude, I would love to see you. Um, you're seriously one of my best friends. I hope things are going well for you. And from the bottom of my heart, man, Happy birthday. I hope you enjoy this, uh, the rest of this birthday podcast. Unless I'm at the end. In which case, happy birthday. <laughs> and that concludes this edition of the Weather Watch. Hey, Carter Dats. This is Jesse Banner. I'm just sitting here listening to your old Truman CD and ICCA performances because it's Monday, and that's what I do every Monday. 
As you know, you made me promise stipulation to our friendship. I'm doing it. <laughs> it's okay. I still enjoy it. Uh, this is actually my first, uh, oh, what you would call it, podcast, surprisingly. Very excited. Still working out the kinks on this, uh, <laughs> this little computer here. But there, there's no better uh, occasion, occasion than your birthday. Happy birthday, buddy. I love you. I, I hope you're having the best day. I uh, hope it's not too cold up there, up at Truman. You know, I hope you're still enjoying college, uh, college lifestyle. And you're, it's almost done, almost done. I think. Uh, you, but it, maybe. You've been there for a while. I, but it will be worth it. You know, and I, for one, can't wait to call you Dr. Dax. Because, Carter, you are one of my favorite people. Uh, don't tell the others, but it's true. You are one of the most caring and, and kind people I know. And uh, I, I miss living with you. <laughs> uh, and, you know, whatever. I'm going to live with you again. I hope Joe's cool with that. Uh, Carter, you're, you're funny and punny. And uh, I don't know. Uh, you're, you're always there. And you genuinely care about my, my physical health and, and appearance and financial stability. You care about that stuff for me. And that's great. I appreciate, I appreciate it, but really, I gotta say the best way for me to express my love for you would be to let our memories speak for themselves, Carter. So here we go, bear with me. I uh, pulled this off the shelf, <laughs> our little photo album, Halley photo album, and uh, I'm just gonna take a moment, take a little trip down memory lane and just look at a, look at a few of them. And just pick out a few of our, our favorites, favorites, right off the bat, right there. Oh man, I know, I know, I'm gonna say this like 50 times why we do this, but that that's one of my favorites. I got, I gotta say, it's it's classic. Oh man. <laughs> and and just let me know, let me know if you want me to like zoom in or something on one of them. I don't know how the quality is on your end. I'm just gonna keep flipping. <laughs> oh no! Oh, that that one, that small one right there. Uh, I uh, I called it. I know I said I was gonna say it a million times. Uh, there's another favorite. They're they're all good. <laughs> How do you rank them? I don't know. I should have looked through these before I started recording. Because <laughs> I definitely wouldn't have shown that one. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh man, I should have. Oh, we were, we were just being silly though. <laughs> it was all in good fun and I think they knew that. I hope they did. That's that's just a sweet one. That's rare, serious photo. It's candid, probably. No. Um, that's a good hug. That's a sweet moment. I'm glad someone captured that. I forgot about that one. I don't know. 
Oh wait, let me let me go back. <laughs> oh, uh, pit stop. Gotta stop here for a second. Bro trip, bro trip, right there, right, right there. Bro trip, Colorado. Oh wow. Oh, we we gotta go back. <laughs> but um, look how many of there. That's, that's better than a postcard right there. That's better than any souvenir, you know? That, that picture right there. All right. Don't have enough time. Got to move on. You got to move. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know about you, but I'm laughing so hard, I'm crying. That's what's happening on this end. <laughs> oh. oh man <laughs> oh and best way best way to end the quote we had for the end of our photo album uh c.s lewis on uh in the four loves on friendship uh, secret master of ceremonies has been at work. Christ, who said to the disciples, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, can truly say to every group of Christian friends, that's us, ye have not chosen one another, but I have chosen you for one another. The friendship is not a reward for our discriminating and good taste and finding one another out. It is the instrument by which God reveals to each of us, the beauty of others. There, wow, better than I could say it. Uh, because Carter, you are, you are beautiful. I love you. I hope you have the best birthday. This is honestly too short. You gotta cut it short. Um, Cause with telling all the stories that I have with you, all the good memories, it could take hours, but I gotta get, <laughs> I gotta make some lunch, get to work. Um, Sorry, I didn't do this sooner. Uh, I love you. Uh, congratulations on the engagement. I can't wait to, for your wedding. I will see you there. Um, uh, I love you. Okay, I, I gotta go. You gotta go. Love you.
The following submission is a poem read by Derek James Rohr III. Enjoy. Incarnations of Burned Children The daddy was around the side of the house hanging a door for the tenant when he heard the child's screams and the mommy's voice gone high between them. He could move fast, and the back porch gave onto the kitchen, and before the screen door had banged shut behind him, the daddy had taken the scene in whole. The overturned pot on the floor tile before the stove and the burner's blue jet and the floor's pool of water still steaming as its many arms extended. The toddler in his baggy diaper standing rigid with steam coming off his hair and his chest and shoulders scarlet and his eyes rolled up and mouth open very wide and seeming somehow separate from the sounds that issued. The mommy down on one knee with the dish rag dabbing pointlessly at him and matching the screams with cries of her own hysterical so she was almost frozen. Her one knee and the bare little soft feet were still in the steaming pool, and the daddy's first act was to take the child under the arms and lift him away from it and take him to the sink, where he threw out plates and struck the tap to let cold well water run over the boy's feet, while with his cupped hand he gathered and poured or flung more cold water over the head and shoulders and chest, wanting first to see the steam stop coming off him, the mommy over his shoulder invoking God until he sent her for towels and gauze if they had it, the daddy moving quickly and well, and his man's mind empty of everything but purpose, not yet aware of how smoothly he moved or that he'd ceased to hear the high screams because to hear them would freeze him and make impossible what had to be done to help his own child, whose screams were regular as breath and went on so long they'd become already a thing in the kitchen something else to move quickly around. The tenant side's door hung out half the tenant side's door outside hung half off its top hinge and moved slightly in the wind, and a bird in the oak across the driveway appeared to observe the door with a cocked head as the cries still came from inside. The worst scalds seemed to be the right arm and shoulder. The chest and stomach's red was fading to pink under the cold water, and his feet's soft soles weren't blistered that the daddy could see. But the toddler still made little fists and screamed, except maybe now merely on reflex from fear. The daddy would know he thought it possible later. Small face distended and thready veins standing out at the temples, and the daddy kept saying he was here, he was here. Adrenaline ebbing and an anger at the mommy for allowing this thing to happen, just starting to gather in wisps at his mind's extreme rear, and still hours from expression. When the mommy returned, he wasn't sure whether to wrap the child in a towel or not, but he wet the towel down and did, swaddled him tight and lifted his baby out of the sink and set him on the kitchen edge's table to soothe him while the mommy tried to check the feet's soles with one hand waving around in the area of her mouth and uttering objectless words while the daddy bent in and was face to face with the child on the table's checked edge repeating the fact that he was here and trying to calm the toddler's cries, but still the child breathlessly screamed. A high, pure, shining sound that could stop his heart, and his bitty lips and gums now tinged with the light blue of a low flame, the daddy thought, screaming as if almost still under the tilted pot in pain. A minute, two, like this, that seemed much longer, with the mommy at the daddy's side talking sing-song at the child's face, and the lark on the limb with its head to the side, and the hinge going white in a line from the weight of the canted door until the first seen wisp of steam came lazy from under the wrapped towel's hem, and the parent's eyes met and widened. The diaper, which when they opened the towel and leaned their little boy back 
on the checkered cloth and unfastened the softened tabs and tried to remove it, resisted slightly with new high cries and was hot. Their baby's diaper burned their hand and they saw where the real water had fallen and pooled and been burning their baby boy all this time while he screamed for them to help him and they hadn't, hadn't thought. And when they got it off and saw the state of what was there, the mommy said their God's first name and grabbed the table to keep her feet while the father turned away and threw a haymaker at the air of the kitchen and cursed both himself and the world for not the last time while his child might now have been sleeping if not for the rate of his breathing and the tiny stricken motions of his hands in the air above where he lay, hands the size of a grown man's thumb that had clutched the daddy's thumb in the crib while he'd watched the daddy's mouth move in song his head cocked and seeming to see way past him into something his eyes made the daddy lonesome for in a sideways way. If you've never wept and want to have a child, break your heart inside and something will a child, is the twangy song the daddy hears again as if the radio's lady was almost there with him looking down at what they've done. Though hours later what the daddy most won't forgive is how badly he wanted a cigarette right then, as they diapered the child as best they could in gauze and two crossed hand towels, and the daddy lifted him like a newborn with his skull in one palm and ran him out to the hot truck and burned custom rubber all the way to town and the clinic's ER with the tenant's door hanging open like that all day until the hinge gave, but by then it was too late. When it wouldn't stop and they couldn't make it, the child had learned to leave himself and watch the whole rest unfold from a point overhead. And whatever was lost never thenceforth mattered. And the child's body expanded and walked about and drew pay and lived its life untenanted, a thing among things, itself soul so much vapor aloft, falling as rain and then rising, the sun up and down like a yo-yo. Happy birthday. Hey, Carter, it's Steven. I wanted to take this opportunity to talk to you about a place and a lesson that I feel the place and you uh, taught me. So the place is somewhere I think you're quite familiar with. I believe you went there first when you were five, though perhaps earlier. Likely you were running around, grabbing wood chips, throwing them at girls. Girls were fawning over you. Uh, Brad Troyer was there, just doing maybe seven to 800 push-ups. And you were having the time of your five-year-old life at Fairview Elementary Playground. And I know you have some memories. There are one memory that I don't have, but I wish I had. And I'm not even sure it was there, but I've transposed it in my mind. It's there is of Julian Visite ripping off his shirt and just shouting, Shoot me! Shoot me! <laughs> to people as they held these like BB guns, these like air pellets and just shot him. It's a memory, I've, I've, a story I've heard so many times, I feel like I was there. Uh, I, I, and yet I'm pretty sure I wasn't. But I feel like I was there. For me, the playground really began when we were on our soccer team in 8th grade playing in the grounds nearby. I think we were led by Chris Cole's father. He was our coach. Uh, I remember him being just a very lousy fair coach. I don't think we did a single drill, uh, and you know perhaps our two and fourteen record uh, played that out. But all I gotta say is two wins, baby. <laughs> and I remember looking out over that playground, 
and feeling quite distant from it. I mean, it was definitely a playground that was one for Fairview kids, but it felt, you know, like this elementary school would be some place I never thought that would become a tenant, become a really pillar of of uh, my life and I think our lives. There are a couple of memories um, that I have of the playground uh, that I love. Uh, one of them is another I wasn't there is The Wish, in which uh, Tim somehow appears as this angelic figure floating into the sky. You somehow use CGI effects to throw fire. Uh, at, no, Julian throws fire at you. It's incredible. In some way, <laughs> another way I feel like I was there. Uh, and, and yet, and yet it was so far, <laughs> but the other memories that we have are more of us together. Um, here's two specific ones. And then here's the general sentiment. I think of our time there. Another specific one is of the chemistry photo shoot, which in retrospect is so awkward. Uh, I forget that Julia uh, took that photo shoot uh, about this kind of romantic song between you and I. Very strange dynamic. Uh, I'm also just confused as to why we wrapped a yellow warning sign around us. And yet we did. And I think it made what may be the best album cover of the early 2000s or late 2000s. Another great memory is us playing tennis. I don't know how this happened. We somehow decided that we would play tennis in Fairview Elementary's parking lot and it's begins pouring rain and suddenly we're shirtless and there are these cold cold daggers of rain just splashing against our chest I'm whimpering you're probably laughing tears are running down my face luckily covered by the rain and and we're talking and we're I think this is one of the first or second year in which you were in college and I feel like it's a it was a turning point um, in some ways in how we both thought about relationships. And I don't think you'd met Joe by then, but I do see the beginnings of you looking to find someone like Joe. And I mean, God bless you that she's she's in your life. I mean, what a and what a beautiful person. I mean, I, I'm I, I'm not gonna go on. But how excited I am for you guys. But um, I, I feel like the seeds were there. I think the general theme, though, of of those talks at Fairview are of you and I uh, biking up and sitting there on the swings and chatting about everything and anything. I mean, it, it went from how we saw the world, what we wanted to do in it, why we were bummed. I mean, I think there are many tough conversations there. They're not easy conversations. And it's always, I don't even know why we picked this elementary school playground. It's kind of a weird, kind of a weird thing. We like roll up and there'd be a police car sometimes there. <laughs> I mean, they might, I look, probably probably looked like we were selling cocaine. We were occasionally, I'm not going to deny that. Um, and yet we decided Again, Zaza, this was like our place. I, maybe it was the closeness. Maybe it was that there were these swings. Maybe it just had this quiet stillness at night that that let let us talk. And 
one of the things that I love, and this is a, the lesson that I learned, is that a place can stay the same. And it can be a cradle for the changes within it. So for Fairview's case, I mean, it saw so much. It saw when you first went to college. It's our first Thanksgiving back together. It saw countless talks about what we wanted out of life. And it stayed the same as we changed. I mean, the swing still swaying in the same slightly curved way to the left. The slide was never quite as fun as we expected. And it stayed permanent as we grew. You know, I've realized that it's not just physical places that can do that. Sometimes it's our relationships. And I think about you and I. I mean, you and I have changed so much since sixth grade. You are incredibly, remarkably, I don't know how this is possible, more talented, more wise, more thoughtful than you were as a 12-year-old self. I am, on the other hand, an owner of a better haircut. I mean, big, big changes between the two of us. And it's seen, I mean, if you think about that, we became friends when we were around 12, right? It's seen literally half of our lives together. And every time we went there, we were different people. I mean, there's no doubt that every time we went there, it was a new Carter talking and a new Stephen talking. And in some ways, a new relationship between the two of us. And yet, the Fairview Playground stayed the same, stayed this cradle for you and I to come together. And in many ways, I find this elementary school playground, this really random place, feels like a metaphor uh, for our friendship and something I learned that even as we change, even as we as members of this relationship change, the friendship, the life partnership is as strong and unwavering as the playground itself. And it makes me happy. I mean, it makes me so happy to know that there are places physically like the swings and there are places emotionally like our relationship that will be permanent and always there for us and always there to hold us and to keep us as we grow and as we change. Um, so I just want to let you know how excited I am for you, for your next few steps in life, for your birthday. And I want you to know that I will be swinging with you the entire way there. I love you, bud. I hope you have an amazing birthday, an amazing next few weeks. I'll see you soon. And that concludes the first episode of C24. C24 is written by Josephine Lampy and produced by Devin Russell. From everyone who contributed, thanks for listening, and happy birthday, Carter. <laughs>